We're recording. Oh, um, oh my gosh. <laughs> everybody ready? From yes. All good. All good. Seatbelts? Yeah? Dogs? Dog machine, queue up. <laughs> okay, it's rolling. And it's Saturday night. Just kidding. It's Wednesday. Welcome back to the <laughs> Corona Crew. We. Coming home late. It seems you barely beat the sun. Tapping my shoulder. back to the Corona Crew, a conversation had by coaches regarding their experiences in the sport of rowing. Our intent is to convey the lessons that we learn through our own experiences, the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows, in the hopes that it will connect you with the experiences you're facing or the things you might be thinking about. This is episode 10. So welcome back. So this is the second phase of the Corona Crew as we're introducing more of our Sparks community. Uh, to let you know who's behind the scenes with us, but also to start to phase into our next series. Again, Sparks by Rowing, look for the premiere on July 5th. Uh, tonight we are joined with Ryan Sparks. We've got Daniela Susanara, but our guest tonight is none, on a, none other than the infamous Katie Barga. Katie, infamous. how are we doing tonight? I am doing great. Um, guys, yes, I'm so excited. I even wore a polo shirt for this evening's event, so not to flex, but Kind of a big deal. He's low key flexing. <laughs> I keep flexing. Hi, um, Katie. Give us. I'm a, still learning the terminology. <laughs> give us an intro of you know your background, uh, how long you have been with Sparks, and why you're excited to be here. Okay, awesome. So, do I have 15 minutes to just explain that whole thing, or? Mm, you're on the clock, so we'll give you like twice the amount of a normal elevator pitch. Okay, cool. Um, hi, everybody. So excited that you guys are here tonight. Um, I am wrapping up my ninth year as a coach and teacher. What? What? Oh my God. Sounds crazy. Um, but yeah, so I, um, I've been working at Kent School. I'm wrapping up my fourth year there. And prior to working at Kent, um, I was the head girls crew coach and English teacher and freshman dean at the Gunnery, which is a different boarding school in Connecticut. I kind of have like a Connecticut thing going on right now. Shout out to um, Connecticut. Shout out. Yes. Love that place. Uh, 860. Yes. Um, so, and this summer would have been my fourth year with Sparks. Um, I've done the Wesleyan camp, the OG Wesleyan camp, and BU camp, Columbia camp, UPenn, and Sarasota this past winter, which was awesome. Um, so I'm super excited to uh, chat about rowing today. I'm sure like many of y'all, I am so missing being around other coaches and talking about rowing, being around rowing. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Woohoo! Yay. Right now I can speak on behalf of everybody. It's not, it's not, not just nice to see a new face. It's nice to have a familiar face back on, uh, back on the group. But so thank you for joining us. Um, the point of tonight's podcast is just so we get to know Katie. We can all talk about Sparks, why we're passionate about it, what we've learned from it. But Katie, what, like, let's take me, take me back to the beginning. Okay. What motivated you to get into coaching? Yeah. So I attended boarding school as well um, as a ninth grader, which was half of my life ago, which is cray cray. Um, but 
and I had incredible teachers. I had incredible dorm parents, but I was always enamored by my coaches who cared about me outside of just practice or competitions. And can you actually, take a TO? Can you shout out those coaches? Who were they? Oh God, this is going to be so embarrassing. Okay. Um, Miss Fuller. Thank you. And um, Miss Conroy, who's also my math teacher. And um, Miss Johnson, who is awesome. They're probably all like way older than, I, I mean, I still call them Miss. <laughs> you know, that was 2005 or something. <laughs> um, so yeah, they would like check on me in the dorm. Like, how did your, you know, how are your classes going? How are things going outside of the sport that you were signed up to be involved with? And I was always so impressed with that because that was so novel to what I had experienced with my previous involvement with athletics. Um, so as weird as it sounds, basically from ninth grade, I was like, yo, I really want to be part of this when I grow up, you know? Um, and so I didn't find rowing until college. Um, my senior year, I, had, uh, I was interested in playing soccer and doing track in college. Um, I had two major ankle surgeries, but I was like, super competitive and afraid of spontaneous combustion if I wasn't on a team. So I joined rowing, walked onto my team in college, and ever since then, like, no looking back at all. Um, so as soon as I graduated from undergrad, I was like, oh my god, I gotta work at a school that has rowing as an essential mm -hmm. part of its identity. And so it's been so, so fun, and like, I just absolutely love every part of it. So at Kent specifically, um, I coach our girls third boat, which is awesome. And I'm also the dorm parent in our dorm, which is 72 girls. What? Wow. Yeah. A lot of kids, big family. A lot of, a lot of kids. So, um, I feel very, very fortunate that I'm able to, you know, do something that was so important to shaping my adolescent life. Very cool. Very cool. Well, you hit one of Ryan's key words that's identity, right? So how, this is like a, an open question for the group, mm -hmm. you know, how has rowing shaped your identity? And Ryan, again, we're going to go off of the double elevator pitch uh, length for answers. So, um, but how do you, how do you see rowing help shape, shaping your individual identities? Whole group? Yeah, not all at once. All right, Katie, we'll both answer on the count of three. One, two, three. three. Okay, Danielle. Well, I think. <laughs> okay, Danielle, you go. Okay, well, I think uh, that's a really interesting question because I think that you've always heard um, people say things along the lines of, like, don't let a sport define you or don't let a team define you or don't, you know don't let outlier or some outliers that are within, not within your control define you. Uh, but I think when you look at some of the behaviors and traits and skill sets that you learn in sports, I think that those can very much define you and they can define, or they can build your character and contribute to who you are. Um, so I, I wouldn't say that the sport of rowing defines me. Uh, but I do think that it has 100% made me the person that I am and the coach that I am and the educator that I am because I've had such powerful role models along the way, like we've kind of talked about in the past. So I don't think it's my identity, um, but I do think it contributes to my identity. 
Okay. Quick shout out to you, Daniela. Who are some of those coaches that you would consider role models? Uh, well, I know that she's a listener now. So Monica Hilk, who always gets the number one spot. Um, but that was my coach through high school. And then when I was kind of transitioning out of college rowing and looking for some answers, she was, she was there to help me out. So she's always been, always been a team player, whether or not I was playing on her team or she was helping me on my team. Very cool. Ryan, for you, how would you say identity plays a part in why you created Sparks? Obviously you didn't create your last name, but like creating this whole realm of where we are. So for me, I mean, this is a, I mean, obviously I need to keep the answer short. One of the things about me that I, that I think answers questions, but also describes me well, is that I, I have Asperger's. And so having Asperger's is like, if you go to a birthday party, you're invited to a birthday party, like everybody brings wrapped presents, like everybody knows what to do, but you don't. So you bring a hammer and you think this is a great gift, but it's not wrapped and you literally bring this hammer. And people are like, why the hell did you bring a hammer? Excuse my French. Um, and rowing for me gave me an outlet to or a community to actually become who I was because it was an interest that I had that enabled me to learn social, empathetic, emotional intelligence that I wasn't otherwise going to get. Um, so it really bestowed a lot of community to, on me and then building something in that community was really appealing to me. Uh, because it was a way to create an even bigger community or an even better community. So that's, that's the answer. Very nice. Very nice. Well, you built a community that a lot of people are drawn to, right? Like the three of us, we're not just a one-time, um, one-time counselor or one-time coach. Like we, we keep coming back because we love the community that you've created. And I think one of the reasons and I, I'm going to pass this to both Katie and Danielle in just a minute, but one of the main reasons why I was drawn to Sparks was because of the experience that you created for the kids, it, or excuse me, the students or the prospective athletes, however we want to phrase them. Um, but you really touched upon the experience of the sport. And that, that's something that was so, it just resonated with me because from where I started my career, like Katie, I was a walk-on in college. So, I mean, my, my immediate thought wasn't, oh my God, I want to go find the hardest thing to do ever. It's like, no, I'm intrigued by this. I'm intrigued by this experience and how you can grow. So it, for me, after the first year with Sparks, I wanted to keep coming back because it was awesome. Anything from the UPenn camps to um, the Coxon only camps, I will say as a Coxon, those are my favorite favorite. So shout out to any of the ones that I've worked with. Um, but even now shifting gears as a college counselor with Sparks, it's so clear that the the people that are drawn to Sparks are just, they think more abstractly in the sense that their vision on what they can get out of it is so much larger than I want to say the average athlete. So, uh, and then being surrounded by amazing coaches, like all three of you here, you know, working with both coworkers like Weston Kamari when I was at Penn, um, but also getting the chance to work with uh, Michelle Duval from Rowan Canada to Bill Manning. Uh, I think that there's a really, and Nick Lee Parker, of course, um, there's a really neat community that has been built under this Sparks umbrella. But Katie and Daniela, uh, not at the same time, but what, 
what drew you to Sparks, but more importantly, what keeps you coming back? So um, a few years ago, my friend Melissa, who coached with me at Gunnery, um, had told me about Sparks and she had such an awesome experience. And she was like, oh, you, you've got to work for Sparks. Like, these are your people. And I was like, really? Like, that, that was how she phrased it. And to me, that was so attractive because I wanted to find a summer job where it wasn't just about, okay, you get your paycheck, you're done with camp. Like, you know, I keep coming back to Sparks camps every summer and even in the winter because I just love working with these incredibly inspiring colleagues who actually love working with kids and helping them find the best version of themselves. So um, that was really unique to me, especially as a younger person um, in my career. I was just like so gripped. As, as soon as my first Wesleyan experience was over, I was like, oh my God, I need to do this every summer. It's like the highlight of my summer every year. So that's, that's basically why I love it so much. I think um, kind of building off what Katie said, it, the first time you do it, you don't realize how much you love it until you get to the end of the summer and you've been exhausted and you've been working every day for like, there's only 24 hours in a day, but you feel like you're working like 30 hours in a day. And it's like the last day of camp and you just like want to cry because you're so tired. But then you realize you're like, well, what am I supposed to do now? You're like, this can't be done yet. I'm just, I don't want it to be done yet. Um, and it's, it's just, it's the most rewarding experience. And I think what, that's what's kept me going. But I think what kind of led me into it was being a young coach to start um, and coaching club and not having four years of collegiate rowing experience. You know, when I really thought that what I wanted to do was coach in college or coach at a, a really competitive level, I knew that I needed to meet more people and coach more kids and, and just learn and learn more. Um, and I was not in an environment where I had uh, a mentor to learn from or anything like that, just kind of, you know, Alabama is not very close um, to any major rowing hubs and there's not many rowing teams in Alabama. Uh, so I knew that if I wanted to continue to grow as a coach, I needed to meet more people and learn more things. And so that's kind of what brought me into Sparks event, uh, to begin with. And then after my first summer, it was just kind of like Katie said, um, we actually, I think we were at Wesleyan together. I think that was both of our first summers staying in the dorms with no AC. And it's scary because you know, you're going and you're meeting people that you've never met before. And you're then you're supposed to be in charge of kids that you don't know and you don't know anyone. And you don't like, we're in the middle of like small town Connecticut. And I was like, ah. I don't know. I don't know what we're doing here. We're just going to walk down the road to this boathouse. Kids, come on, let me pull up Google Maps and I'll lead the way. Just kidding. It's way more safe than that. But I think uh, it's an adventure in itself. And it's an adventure where you get to grow with people who are like-minded and appreciate um, the same kind of teamwork and leadership skills that you appreciate. And because of that, I mean, I think when you just like Katie Lane and Katie Varga, like we were all in Sarasota, Toga, where were we? Florida. We were all in Florida together. Um, 
and it's, you know, this has been a friendship four years in the making. Like, these are some of my best friends. Sometimes, you know, we want to kill each other when it's, you know, day four of the 30-hour days. But uh, at the end of the day, if Katie Lane's foot sliced open, I'm going to fix it for her. For those listening, that did happen, and Danielle, Daniela, excuse me, ha, is a great first aid, um, certified, maybe not certified, uh, we'll call her technician, um, but I still have a scar to prove it on my foot, so shout out to anybody who witnessed that in Sarasota, that was her handiwork, but Ryan, I'm going to come back to you, so like Daniela just talked about the idea of having really inspiring co colleagues and coworkers around them, you know, for you, in looking at the community that you wanted to create, who did you really draw some inspiration from, whether it was coaches or other people, but like who inspires you? Yeah, that's a, that's a loaded question. Um, I mean, going back to mentors, which is an easier question and maybe a place to start. I had, I have mentors that, that I invited to my, very very tiny wedding who are like family to me and i had mentors that i didn't like very much but taught me regardless um and i learned about people thanks to rowing and i my belief is that when people have a common goal whether if and if that is to you know grow or have a transformative experience to use our lexicon um and use rowing as a medium that ultimately if the effort is going in together, you don't necessarily, I mean, it's like rowing a boat. Like you don't, you, ideally you like those people, but you don't have to. You can still learn from people you don't like. And, mm -hmm. um, and I think that the ideal is that the community, you know, a big theme right now politically um, to cite it is completely inclusive as a result. Um, and uh, I think that it enables us to embrace those who otherwise you know, are looking like looking looking for a group to belong to, but um, are potentially uncertain of their ability to to contribute. Um, everyone can contribute. So, so I guess the answer to that question is anybody can be part of it. It just takes a level of of enjoyment of something and and a and a desire to push towards growing as a person to make that experience worthwhile. Hmm. Do you want to give a special shout out to your mentors? Like, do you want to say who they were or is this going to remain like a secret identity? I mean, when I talk about that, it's interesting to me to look at college coaching, to look at national team coaching, because you don't necessarily like the people that you work with, um, particularly as an assistant, particularly as a lower level assistant. You know, Nick and I were lower level assistants at Yale and there's one head coach at Yale who did, you know, was not great with us. Um, and, uh, and yet, you know, we learned stuff from that guy. Um, and, uh, you know, I learned stuff from people that I liked and I, and initially in my initial journey in the sport and coaching, I worked with, for people that I really respected and appreciated and admired and, and have come to be very good friends with later in my coaching career, I began to work on a more professional level with people who were, were very aggressive, um, and to be honest, some of them, I think, were 
they're, they lived the sport. They lived to coach. They didn't have anything else. They, they particularly in the elite level. And, you know, that personality type is not a warm and fuzzy one. Um, mm-hmm. But that doesn't matter as long as somebody is actually, is, if you're watching kind of this human psyche extend, extend itself into the form that it's, it has to be to do what it needs to do, that's a beautiful thing. And you can learn from that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Good. I kind of agree with you, Ryan. Like I, I look at who I draw inspiration from and like mentors that I had and I feel like it would be unfair for me to pick just one because there's a handful of them that played such a huge part in what I learned, whether it was, you know, their willingness to go above and beyond for the athletes that they worked with or the colleagues that they had, the level of support. Like I, I've known Wes, my former boss for close to a decade. Um, and it was because of that relationship that we had over the years that, you know, right, I found myself in the right time, right place where I had an opportunity to work alongside him, but also would give credit to my tennis coach, my tennis instructor, John Rykel, not that he's going to listen to this at all. Um, but he was the one in high school that was like, all right, so you know that you're not going to play tennis in college. Why don't you try this rowing thing? It's like, okay, uh, sure, fine. Um, but I think it's really interesting how you can continue to pick different experiences that have helped shape who you are. The last thing that I wanted to touch on tonight that I thought would be just kind of fun, um, certainly we're sitting here talking to you about how, how inspired work at work with Sparks and work with colleagues, work, work with the athletes, um, but it's not just necessarily like a stone face, like we're not really serious all the time. Like we certainly like to have a lot of fun. So Daniela uh, alluded to a uh, fond memory from 2019 of when I split my foot open on an oyster bed. Um, but what do you think some of your favorite moments at Sparks have been? And Ryan, I'm going to go to you first. Ooh. What's been interesting is watching the evolution of the company over time and, and the group of people involved because we had a very, we had a completely different group of people involved in the first three to four years than are involved now. And yet the quality hasn't suffered. It's not like that group left and then we left, we lost quality. We, we changed. And to be honest, I think we developed more quality um, as, as we were able to build on what the first group built. But what's been interesting is watching multiple groups of people come together to build kind of within the entity that I created. Like that is really humbling. Um, It's, to be honest, really fun to watch, particularly when it's happening in exotic locations. Um, You know, watching it at Penn is one thing, like, and that's cool. And I think it involves a lot more people at Penn, which is, which is interesting, but watching it in New Zealand is totally something different. And, um, and so I think that that's, that's what I've enjoyed is the community amongst staff. Um, and they're contributing to each other, which in turn contributes to what we're doing or the, the atmosphere that we create, the environment we create. Um, I hope that answers the question. Yeah. I mean, there's no right or wrong answer. When Katie and Danielle, when you, when you guys come back in, can you tell us what different positions you've held at Sparks, whether it's PL, program director, coach, or anything like that, just so the people that are listening can, again, get the full idea? Um, Katie Varga, you're up first. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, so I have been a program leader and a learn to row 
coach for the last few times that I've done Sparks. And um, one of my favorite memories was at Columbia last summer um, when Callie um, Crew Miller, who just graduated from Cornell, was suddenly my colleague. And I had coached her at Gunnery my first year ever teaching and coaching. And she had gone to Cornell and then came back and we were suddenly working in the same place. And to me, that was so special because I think it really speaks to how important rowing is. And like you guys have been saying, building community and people feel indebted to giving back to a sport that has taught them so much. Um, so that, that was like such an amazing experience for me as her, one of her previous coaches to now have her return. And she's working at boarding school and teaching English and coaching crew. And it's just like warms my little heart knowing that she's found her passion too. So that's been so cool. Oh, do what do you think? Um, it's tough to say because I really do feel like every time I get to camp, I just love, I love camp. Even the hard parts of camp, I love camp. Um, and so I've been like Katie, I also started as a program leader. Um, and then for the last three years, I've been a program director and I also uh, run the social media and Facebook now, which we're ramping up and we called we call that the director of engagement, my very fancy term, um, which I do enjoy, but I love camp and I love being at camp uh, and you know, the Facebook and Instagram's an added bonus. But I think one of, I always feel like my favorite moments are at Columbia and I don't know if it's just because like I've re you've reached the end and like the lights at the end of the tunnel and, uh, but, there's <laughs> song so silly. There's a coffee shop up the hill, and me and Kumari Lewis would just, you know, we'd start our day with a coffee. We'd walk up there, like you know, and by the day four, we've gone up there three times a day for the last four days. You know, homeboy up there sees us walking up the hill, and he just starts making the orders. So then all we have to do is add on everyone else's orders. So I think that those coffee runs uh, across the last four years are some of my favorite memories. Even, you know, even though some of them were just vent session, sessions, but uh, they, they were a treat. And if you got to go on a coffee run, it was, it was a good time. So <laughs> I, think, I think those are some of, but, but then, you know, there's also little moments, like I think, Whenever I would, we would always do a safety talk at Penn and whoever was supposed to give the safety talk from Penn would never show up. So I always ended up giving a safety talk. Uh, and I mean, everyone always laughed during that and I always laughed and, you know, by, by the end of it, it was just something I did. I gave the Penn safety talks. <laughs> so I think just it's little things like that, that you don't realize how much you enjoy them and last summer was the first summer I didn't get to do summer camp and I was really sad and I was having a lot of FOMO because I was like in all the group chats and I needed to know what was going on for Instagram but like I wasn't actually there and I had I, you know I just found myself like texting PLs They're like did you make sure that you ordered the sandwiches from Corner Street Deli and I'm like stop stop Daniela so it's just uh it's a it's a whirlwind that I 
I love. Very good. Very good. She's also a great roommate too. Um, so Danielle and I have that going for us. I would have to say, again, I'm partial to the Coxon camps just because they're, they're my people. Um, so I get to work with them and they're just such a neat group. Um, but I think watching the light bulb moments of when kids, whether it's a rower or a coxswain, um, but just when something clicks for them, whether it's like they're comfortable in an environment of new faces, which can be extremely strange for, um, you know, just anybody of that age to be surrounded by people who you don't know, but seeing them kind of come out of their shells, um, or, you know, learn something technically, it's, it's pretty cool to watch firsthand. Um, but, and I'm going to give her a shout out because I'm working with her now in college counseling. One of my favorite memories was from Penn last year where I had Natasha Fertig in my launch and we happened to have Kevin, who's the Sparks photographer, who's wonderful, um, in the launch as Natasha put both of her feet behind her head while she was sitting next to me as I was driving the launch. And it was just something that was just like, so off the cuff, like, yeah, I can do that. Can't everybody do that? And with, with like virtually no struggles, she's just sitting there and we're just driving along on race day to last day camp. So um, kind of like Katie for you to have that full circle with Callie. Uh, I got to see Natasha as a camper and now she's taking the next phase and, and finding her the right school for her. Um, so it's neat to see the evolution, Ryan, to use your word, of how things really come full circle. So with that being said, I, that's all the time we have for tonight. Um, again, the idea of these podcasts now are more so to bring Sparks voices into the picture uh, that may have been behind the scenes. Um, so you'll hear from other PLs, you'll hear from other people, other administration, um, potentially other camper, potentially campers. But we wanted to say a huge thank you to Miss Katie Varga for joining us tonight. Um, I know that I can speak on behalf of all the campers that you've ever worked with and certainly the three of us here of how, how much we really enjoy working with you. It's quite a delight. So, um, signing off for episode, um, is this 11? Well, if we count the webinar I posted, then it's 11. Then it is 10. Okay. So Ryan, you were right. Uh, right. Ryan's muted right now, Daniela. It's not my fault. He can unmute himself. <laughs> uh, no, that wasn't so true. But um, what I will say, it's episode 10 of Corona. It's episode 11 total of podcasts. Right. right. For those of you who missed the webinar from earlier this week on Monday, it is up on our platforms. You can find links on Facebook, uh, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere where the Corona crew is. Um, tune in next week for another special guest from the Sparks community. And again, keep those calendars marked for July 5th, Spark Rowing coming to you. Thanks for listening. Thanks, you guys. Coming home late, it seems you better.